Over the next almost two hours, what you're going to hear is one of the most fascinating stories I've ever heard. It's uh, it's 90 years of history through the life of my grandmother, Virginia Frances Adams. Uh, she's going to talk about just her life and what she saw, and, and we're going to talk about major events in history. Uh, what I challenged my grandmother to do right before Christmas last year was to write down her story, just her story of her life from the earliest memory she had until today. Um, I was actually encouraged to do this by a fellow historian at Graves County High School. Uh, he was just talking about how he wished he had, you know, the words of his grandfather written down or, or recorded. And so I had my grandmother write that story uh, to write down her life story. And as I read it, I thought, you know, it would be even better if I had her read it. And then I, she started telling me, you know, well, I'm, I'm not able to read it. You know, my voice wouldn't hold up. And a, as I was reading the story, there were a lot of questions that kept popping up in my mind. Like, okay, while this is going on, uh, while she's telling this story, this historical event's happening. And there were a lot of questions I had for her uh, after she wrote it down, uh, just things that uh, I was just very interested in. I thought, what if I just recorded all that and recorded the questions and had her answer those questions? I've broken this up into three parts um, just because they're they're all pretty long and, and you don't have to listen to it all at once because, like I said, it's almost two hours. Uh, but throughout all three parts, you're going to hear a start with her birth story during the Depression, uh, World War II, Pearl Harbor, what she was thinking then uh, when she heard the news. Uh, you get to hear about her marriage to my, grand, uh, to my grandfather, uh, the Kennedy assassination. Uh, she watched it and the events unfold, um, even all the way to modern events like 9-11, COVID-19. She talks about all of those things. Some neat stories that many of us and many of us know who know her, seeing Elvis, seeing uh, in concert, she got to do that. She was part of a, uh, she was working at the bank when it was robbed at gunpoint. And surprisingly, out of all these things I've mentioned, none of these is the most shocking thing she ever saw in her life. Um, so be cool, pretty neat uh, when you get to hear about that, uh, what she thinks the most shocking thing is. Uh, it's something pretty recent. Part one is what you're going to get to hear now. Uh, this is um, before, this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear about people who were bo born before the 1900s. She's going to tell you what they were like, who they were, uh, you know, great, great grandparents of mine and um, give a description of them. We get to hear the birth story of her. We get to hear sad stories. You know, it's not all, uh, life is not always uh, fun and, 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 and full of happiness. You're going to hear about the death of her little sister, uh, sad event. You're also going to hear some funny stories like her walking across a log uh, to get to school. The Great Depression is uh, uh, throughout this, uh, her childhood years. Uh, World War II, Pearl Harbor's in this part. Uh, my papa working on the flood in Paducah. My granny making shells in a factory for World War II. This is just the foundation of her life, and it's just a different world. And, and it's part one of this uh, three-part uh, series, I guess you could call it, and we call part one the early years. So here it is. April 3rd, 2022 at Morningside Assisted Living. I am Jamie Kendall talking to Virginia Frances Adams, my grandmother, and we have a story here listed of her life and I'm going to read through it and then ask her some questions while we read. All right. First, let me just ask you, Grandma, what's your date of birth before we start? 
April the 26th, 1932. April the 26th, 1932. Right in the middle of the Depression? Yes. Okay. And we're going to read about that here. So this was all written by you, correct? Yes. All right. This was all written by her from her memory. Uh, everything that she lived through, we, she tried to get her whole life in this uh, these papers. So I'm just going to read through it, like I said. And throughout it, I will stop and ask her questions. The early years. Virginia Francis, the first of five children of Gracie Elizabeth, age 17, and Raymond Hurtwit, age 19, was born in a log cabin east of Mayfield. Two of these, two of these five children, boys, died at birth. All right, so Grandma, you were the oldest of five kids. Yes. And um, first off, Gracie to me is Granny, and Raymond to me is Papa, correct? And can you tell me what they were like, Gracie and Papa, or Granny and Papa? Because my memory of Papa is when I was a little kid, him playing the harmonica. And then I remember Granny, I was about 12 when she passed away. But what were they like as parents and uh, just as individuals? Well, they doted on the two children they had left. Me and my brother, J.B. Mm -hmm. And their life was, we were their life. And everything they did was was to make life better for us. So they put you guys before every decision? Before every decision. And they made us feel like we were the, the smartest kids that were ever born. <laughs> and what was the age difference between you and... Uh... Move this closer to you. What's the age difference between you and Uncle JB? Five years. Five years. Were you two really close growing up? Yes. Um, we were. I think back now, and I was sort of ugly to him sometimes. Yeah. I, That's I, what an older I, sister does, isn't it? I saw my children, and... Uh, I bossed him, of course. I was five years older, and mm -hmm. and I s sort of acted mother to him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll keep reading. It says, My first memories are living in a two-room house down the hill in front of my grandparents' house and playing with my sister in the yard. I must have been four or five, and I'm not sure where we lived prior to this time. I do have faint memories of a house being built by family and neighbors. The rooms were small, probably 14 by 14 with no insulation. Just boards nailed to two by fours and a tin roof. Was that a common house at that time or were you guys, were y'all middle class, lower class, or were y'all socially? We were lower class. Yeah. <laughs> um, did many people have insulation or? Well, not in our area. Yeah. They didn't. My grandparents' house, the inside was just uh, logs. Mm-hmm. Well, wind blows through them? No, the, well, through the floor it did. <laughs> wow. The the logs, they, they were sealed good. Mm -hmm. But uh, the floor 
had wide, had wide places between the planks. Our heat was from a wood cook stove in the kitchen and a wood heater in the other room which served as a bedroom and sitting room. Later, the interior walls were sealed and the walls papered. Mama made it so pretty with the white ruffled curtains and linoleum on the floors. The house was warm during the day, but on the winter nights, water would freeze in the water bucket. And y'all were sleeping in this house, right? Under 32 degrees, wow. Um, our water was from a well at the back of the house, and yes, we all drank from a dipper kept in the water bucket. There was no bathroom or outhouse. So you just went out in the creek or something? We went out behind the hen house. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. We went out behind the hen house. Because <laughs> that's normal, right? <laughs> and we got a bath once a week and a galvanized wash tub. Job soap, I hope. Yes, home, homemade soap. Homemade no. soap. What's homemade soap? Well, they made their own, own mother made her own soap by using uh, lard fat mm. and lie, and would put lye in it. Mary wore lye. Okay. And Sh cooking it. And cooking it. She just used it for everything. Shampoo? Was it your shampoo too? Yes. Yeah. Now we did have some ivory soap. Okay. Mostly. Gotcha. And, and that was used sparingly for big occasions. For baths. Okay. Yeah. And you all use the same bath water? Yes. Okay. In the wintertime, was it just cold? I mean, I know... I mean, because I don't imagine there was a hot water heater going on. Well, we put kettles of water. My mother put kettles of water on the stove mm -hmm. to heat it. And okay. then we well, that makes had a warm water for a bath. Gotcha. I didn't know. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. It was cold when you got out, though, wasn't it? Uh, no. The tub was right by the stove. Sorry. This is just all so foreign to me. I, I know. <laughs> so there was no privacy then, was there? <laughs> well, no, not really. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, but we were babies. Yeah. We were okay. children. Yeah. Of course, that's the way we did that until I was... Mm -hmm. He got a little bit older anyways. I was still... We had no bathroom when I married. Clothes were washed on a washboard and hung on a clothesline or fence to dry. There was no electricity, so our lighting was kerosene lamps, and we did have an ice box. An ice truck delivered ice in 25 or 50-pound blocks once a week. Our clothes were made mostly from feed sacks. Wow. Occasionally we had a dress made with material bought from a peddler's truck that had a regular route in the country. Our house was about a quarter of a mile from the road and we would wait by the main road. The truck was stocked with staples such as materials, needles, thread, sugar, coffee, etc. Quite often paid for with chickens or eggs. So y'all bartered basically. Um, so it was at this time, and we're going to read about this just a minute, that FDR, uh, in the New Deal, that he's going to become president, he's going to pass the New Deal. What 
What were the thoughts of FDR? Was he beloved by everybody? Oh, yes. Okay, I thought so. I mean, you get elected five times. You're yes, be, you know. in our area he was, yeah. yes. Uh, so is he a hero for the people of West Kentucky? I would say so. Gotcha. Uh, I'm not sure what year, but it was while we lived here that the Bitten Highway was paved. I remember seeing teams of horses and wagons and several men pouring concrete. It was probably around 1940 or 1941 that West Kentucky Rural Electric extended the lines to include our house and a couple house past ours. The first lighting was a single bulb in the ceiling. So that's all you guys had was just one light. We didn't have any appliances until we moved to the dairy farm located about one half mile from our house on the highway toward Mayfield. The house was a two-story farmhouse just off the highway on what is now Miller's Chapel Road. All right, so you guys move, okay, and you move off the highway on now, just off the highway of what is now Miller's Chapel Road. So were you guys upgrading or? Yes, it was hard to make a living on the farm. Okay. So so my dad got a job at uh, working for Robert Preer. Mm-hmm. He had uh, several cows mm -hmm. to milk, and so he just had a little dairy there. Gotcha. So Dad went to work for him, and and things were better then. Yeah. We had had more money then. Yes. So would you guys probably be more of a working lower class at this time as opposed to poor as earlier? Well, we were always. No, I, I thought we were always poor. <laughs> so you knew you were. But poor. we had, we had all the necessities and and love. Gotcha. Now, your friends and stuff. Did they have more or less or about the same? Most or? of them had a little more, but, mm -hmm. but not. We were all the same. Yeah. We people weren't classed then yeah. like they are now. Everybody was. Basically on the same level? Yes. Yeah. It says, I remember my bachelor great uncle, Floyd Arnett, Mammy Whit's brother. See, I had no recollection of this man. Was he even alive when I was a... No. Okay. Uh, going by our house in a fancy buggy pulled by a high-stepping red filly. He was the only member to own a family member to own a horse and buggy. So, you guys walked everywhere? Did you ride horses? What did you guys do? Wagon. Went in the wagon. You went in a wagon. Well, before, so and he would come get you with this horse and buggy if Papa had to go somewhere or? Oh, no. That was his. Okay. He didn't. He didn't lend anything out? No. Sounds like a brother I know. Well, now we had neighbors that had cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, so sometimes if we had to go to the doctor, why yeah. a neighbor would neighbor would transport you? Yeah. Did most people have a car? I don't know. Mm -hmm. By the time we got one, yeah. most people did. The only other transportation was by wagon. The most vivid memory is when my sister died December 1937 at the age of four years and I was five. And so do you remember that happening, I guess? Or? Oh, yes, because it was so drastic. Mm -hmm. Now, you would have been Cohen's age at that time. Uh, Cohen's age now. Yes. Uh, we both had whooping cough, and Helen Marie also suffered from asthma. 
There was little or no treatment for either disease. Uh, and this is the this is the little girl in the picture that was always in your living room yes. that everybody will yes. remember seeing. Okay. Uh, she passed just a couple of weeks before Christmas. We were at my papa and mammy Whit's house to protect my baby brother, Uncle JB, who was born on November 30th. A very difficult time for my mother since she couldn't be with her and only saw her from the window on that cold December day of the burial. Um, so why why couldn't your mom be with her? Why did she, did I read it and just miss it or why couldn't she? Yes, because whooping cough was contagious. Okay. And she didn't want to pass that on to a to newborn baby. baby. Yes, okay. Yes. Wow, I could not imagine going And I that. guess the reason that's so vivid, mm-hmm. the memory of her dying was I was in the bed in the room right next to her daddy, and my grandparents were, and daddy was holding her, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember him crying. Yeah. And saying she wanted a red ball for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, do you have many memories of her? Like, do you, do you remember anything, really, like the, before the, that? Um, no, I remember us playing out in the in the yard. There was a barbed wire fence mm-hmm. around the house, around the yard. And I remember us playing out there, but that's, that's, that's about the only it. memory I wow. have. Goes on to say, my childhood was, well, first, before we just move on, was, did a lot of young kids pass from that or was that did the asthma was that a huge the, factor the asthma of it? was the big yeah. factor yes gotcha. right. since my childhood was typical for those who lived in the country i had aunts only a few years older and i spent a lot of time with them and my cousins at my grandparents house we played with rag dolls and made paper dolls okay what are paper dolls yes and i still have my paper dolls okay and they're just made of paper and cardboard. And cardboard. Yes. So I think I've the, seen these before. The dolls are cardboard, and the the uh, dresses are paper. Okay. And you made homemade, I guess. Uh, we made some homemade, but then I have some bought ones. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so you made paper dolls. You made playhouses. What were playhouses made out of? Oh, brick and. Uh, in a slat off of uh, something. So just scrap parts from houses and stuff. Gotcha. And mud pies, played church, jump rope, played hopscotch. It wasn't all play. In the summer, there were vegetables to prepare, shelling beans or peas and scraping those little new potatoes. The eggs had to be gathered each morning. As we got older, we milked cows. There was a large two-room log house with a dog trot. Okay, I'm glad you put this here because I don't know what that is. It says an open breezeway between the two rooms uh, where the steps to the attic were located. So it was opened to outside? Yes, open on both ends. Okay. I remember the attic vividly. There was no door and there was a hallway between two areas separated by log walls only by about three feet. I could barely climb over them. 
The boys slept up there before a lean-to was added to the front of the house at each side of the dog trot. One was a bedroom, the other a kitchen and eating area. My mammy, okay, who's mammy? Mammy Whit. Okay. Your great, great grandmother. Great, great, great. And tell me about my mammy. What was her real name? Her name was Rosabelle Whit. Rosabelle? Rosabelle. She was Rosabelle Arnett. Okay. And uh, when she married my granddaddy, mm-hmm. uh, which his name was Robert Harvey. Robert Harvey. Okay. And Whit, and he had just he had just lost his wife when she married him. How did Who, how did she pass away? My granddaddy's wife. I don't, don't know, know how she passed away, mm-hmm. but she was the sister. She was the sister? Yes. So he married the younger or older sister? Yeah, he married the younger sister. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Was, was that common? I feel like that was common. I mean, I know it was common like during like Jesus' day, but probably not so much common here in America during that day. Well, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. But uh, he had two children by her sister. Oh, my goodness. So when she married him, she already she had yeah. the two children. So that will be a fun family tree to put up. So I didn't know all this. That's really neat. Anyway, so Mammy, your yes. grandmother. Yes. So she lived through it all. She, goodness gracious. How old she? No telling what the did the oh, math on that. You would have loved her. Why is that? She was little, mm-hmm. and she was just wiry. She was busy all the time. Yeah. She never complained about anything. I n- never heard her complain. Well, the only time she complained was she was giving my brother a drink of water. He was about year and a half or two years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, gave him the drink of water, and she says, well, it's just going one in and out the other. <laughs> he was <laughs> he was peeing at the same yeah, time he was drinking the water. <laughs> and that would have been Uncle JB, correct? Yes. Yeah. All right. My mammy cooked on the large fireplace prior to this. I remember my aunt's popping corn, sweet potatoes cooking on the hearth, and dried beans cooking in a pot. Hearth. Hearth. Okay, what's a hearth? I don't know what that is. That's that's the the front of the fireplace. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the hearth, yes. I know what that is now. Yes. I was thinking something else. Something else, yes. And dried beans cooking in a pot hanging over the fire. The wide plank floors in places had cracks wide enough to sweep dirt through. My dad and his younger brother farmed the land of approximately 90 to 100 acres, growing corn and tobacco. They raised hogs and cows, which supplied the meat and milk and income for the family. The milk was sold to the pet milk company in Mayfield. And where was the pet milk company? It's located on the Highway 45 North. Is it still there? Behind where the Dairy Queen. Okay, yeah. Is in that area gotcha, back yeah. there. One of those buildings. Yes. In 1939, a four-room frame house replaced the log house. Okay, so y'all just 
knocked it down and built something else? Or y'all just built beside it? Or? Yeah, no, that's Papa Wits. Okay. Yeah. The one that's there today? The. It's where a, a house is today. It is today. Yes. Where's that house at? Uh, well, you know where Grand and Papa lived. Mm-hmm. Okay, the little there's a little road just past. Okay. Their house, where you go back up into the, we call it the Porter Place. The Porter Place, and it's still there today. Yes, wow. and uh, I was going to tell you who lives back there, but I can't yeah, think right can. now. Anyway, they built a big fine house up there mm-hmm. on the same site that the log cabin was. Gotcha. So you moved back to where you originally were, correct? Because you had the log cabin, you moved to another house. And no, you that's moved. where my grandparents lived. Okay, gotcha. This in is the log grandma. cabin. Gotcha. I was born in a log cabin, mm-hmm. but that was a little log cabin in a different place. Okay. So, your first house was the log cabin. Was a two-room log cabin. And then you moved, you built a new house, or no, you moved to a new house. Well, I don't know where we lived prior to the log cabin. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the log cabin, until we lived in the, in the two-room house that was built. Gotcha. The four-frame house that's still standing? It's not still standing. It's okay. it is. Yeah. So. It, well, it was. Mm-hmm. It was moved down on the highway. Yeah. You don't know all about that. I don't. Okay, that little two-room house mm-hmm. that was built. Uh, Daddy moved it down on the highway, just across the creek. Okay. You know where the creek is, mm-hmm. just across the creek. And then, years later, this was after I married, that little ha- mom and daddy bought another house and moved it. Moved the house. Moved the house they bought and put it right by the side of the original house. Gotcha. And later, my grandmother and my uncle, Ryman, they moved that little house on down the highway, and they lived in it. And when you say moved the house, did they take it down and build it somewhere else? They moved it just like... Like moving a manufacturer home like, today? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. They have like a big trailer that they put it on? No. Well, how do you move a house? That's not... Well, I guess, I guess they used a wagon. I don't know how <laughs> they move. I don't know how. I don't either. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into how they moved houses. Yes. All right. So we, we've got the house situation. We're now at the four-room frame house that replaced the log house. Uh, water supply was from a cistern close enough to pour a gutter attached to the house roof. And now you're still at my grandparents' house, okay, this remember? is your grandparents' house. Yeah. Yes. All right. To channel the rainwater into the cistern. 
and there was not enough rain, a load of well water was bought. The cistern was used to keep milk and butter cool in the summer. A container of milk and butter was put in the water bucket and lowered to the water until needed. It's unbelievable. I don't remember going to church at this time except to a revival. And what church did y'all go to? New Liberty Baptist? Yes. Then Daddy would hitch the mules to a wagon and load load us up, sit on quilts, and go through the fields and back dirt or gravel roads to New Liberty Baptist Church. Same location today? Same location. Same building or have they? Same building. Same. They just added to it. Yeah. Sometimes the building was full and the men would stand outside the windows, which were open and had no screens. I remember going to Brush Arbor meetings down the Clear Spring Road. These were in a wooded area with seating on boards across tree stumps or logs. Kerosene lanterns were hung from tree branches for lighting. That's... Here we go. I lost my spot. My grandmother always had a garden where children were not allowed. She had a gooseberry bush and could make a delicious gooseberry cobbler. What, what's a gooseberry? It's a little green, green berry. Mm-hmm. It just grows on a big bush. How come people don't thorns, make this anymore? Thorns, lots of thorns. Do people not make this anymore? <laughs> like I've never seen this at church potluck. Well, you don't see them anymore. But when we lived here in 2004, 5, and 6, yeah. there was a man here that worked for the uh, agriculture department. And he planted a gooseberry bush wow. out here in the morning sides. Is it still out there? Long. No. I guess they it may have died or gotcha. probably didn't nobody take care of that. No. There were lots of good vegetables that took a lot of food for this big family, and there were frequently visitors. Some stayed overnight at mealtime. Okay, visitors like family visitors or people passing by? Well, it was friends. Family or friends. Gotcha. I remember my dad and others going hunting, and once my grandmother cooked a possum with sweet potatoes around it. I didn't eat it, but I did eat squirrel and rabbit. There were lots of chicken and pork, but not beef. So nobody ever had beef? That just wasn't... We did. You did? We didn't butcher cows. Have gotcha. cows butchered. So if people had cows, they would... Oh, yes. Yeah. Fruit was plentiful with apple and peach orchards. A pear tree, plums, wild grapes, strawberries, and blackberries. And I left out the cherry tree. Yeah, cherry tree. Oh, yes. I remember your old apple tree at your house in Farmington. Yeah. Those apples weren't very good. Did you like them? Yes. Okay. Maybe I just ate them before they were ready or something. Well, you probably ate them green. Probably. We've been, we may have been poor farmers but we had plenty of good food. Mama's parents, Mammy and Papa Buchanan, and we've talked about them already, right? Or no. no, no, we didn't. We talked. We talked about Mammy and Papa Whit. Yeah, so Mammy and Papa Buchanan, what were they like? And what are their real names? Uh, Dola Ann. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert. Mm-mm. James Henry. James Henry. What a name. Uh, and what were they like? So 
So James, is James a family name or is that just, it feels like because he was James, granddad was James, which I know, uh, and then Uncle Keith is James. So is that just a... Well, I don't know. James was just used a lot. a good name, ain't it? Yes. Right. Uh-huh. So what but were they like? My grandmother, Buck Hannon. She was that great. <laughs> I can see you oh, don't, she was. I can see you don't want to say uh, something. Oh, she was. Yeah. I, I just don't know how to just describe her. Yeah. She... My... I'll tell you about my Papa Buchanan. Okay, tell me about him. Okay, Papa Buchanan. By the time I remember him, he didn't do any work. The only thing he did was go to the... He had a... a P-model Ford. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the back of it, he had built a uh, box for ice, and he would go to the lake and get uh, catfish. And then he'd peddle those catfish. You know, he'd go well, to people's houses selling so. catfish. <laughs> and that's what he did for a living? As far as you know? So far as I know. I don't know what they did. They always, they always rented. They never... Uh, stayed in one place very long. The last place they lived was here in Mayfield uh, on North 2nd or 3rd Street. Yeah. All right. Well, let's read about them real quick. And, and they were... Go ahead. Oh, it was so... They were fun. Yeah. They were fun. I mean, they have to be. That's they never stayed in the spot, rented and sold catfish that they caught out of the lake. <laughs> yes. They were renters and most of the time did not live close by, so I didn't get to spend much as much time with them. Sometimes our family and Mama's sister and her family would go there and spend the night during holidays. We slept on the floor on quilt pallets, both children and adults. Now that was at Bose. Okay. That's when they lived yeah. at, at Bose. So I started to school at Panther Creek Grade School. Is that in Marshall County? Panther yes. Creek? Okay. No, pa that's Panther in Grace Creek. County. That's, okay, where's Panther Creek and what was the mascot? Okay, Panther Creek. You know, it had to be the Panthers, right? Yeah. The, okay, Panther Creek Panthers. Oh, we didn't have sports teams. didn't have a mascot. Teams. Well, I mean, you still need a mascot. No. No we, mascot? We didn't. The yeah. only... Uh, activity we had was softball gotcha. and and we played uh, prior school yeah and uh, Farmington yeah were you I allowed guess. to play were girls allowed to play I didn't play, play. yes could I didn't. girls play yes they could yes uh what you uh, wanted to know where that where it was located yeah yeah okay it was about six miles from Mayfield on Highway 58, 58 yeah. now. Gotcha. And was that like one of the one-room schools no. with a stove in the corner? Wasn't no. No, we. It was a four-room school. Mm -hmm. It was a sort of a big building. Yeah. We had a stage. Oh wow. 
one end, and uh, sometimes they had uh, bands come and play music there. Was it K through 12, or? Which there wasn't kindergarten then, but. Just went through the eighth grade. Eighth grade, gotcha. Yes, if the, they had a 12th grade at uh, Hardeman. Okay, and so you would go there to finish high school? Yes, my, my aunts did. Yeah. And by the time I finished grade school, mm -hmm. the closest high school was at Simpsonia. Gotcha. Okay. It reads on. We'll get to your high school here in a little bit, your teenage years. Panther Creek ran through our farm in the main road. There was no bridge, only a log across the water at a narrow place in the creek. So that's how you got to school was cross a log over the mm -hmm. creek. That's well, that's across the that log. sounds made up. <laughs> well, it is not. I can show you where it was. <laughs> I believe you. But if I if you weren't my grandma, I wouldn't believe it. Um I was so afraid to walk and fear I'd fall in the water. All this to get to school. Yes. Winter months. Yes. Wow. I wonder you are the <laughs> much better generation than ours. JB did fall in the water on a cold day when a heavy rain came. It was impossible to get across the creek until the water receded. So did you just go back home? Uh... Well, yes, there was there was lots of days we couldn't get out, but most of the time, Daddy could drive the wagon through. Wow. A potbelly coal stove supplied heat for the school in our day, and he started with hands over our hearts saying the Pledge of Allegiance and answering roll call by reciting a Bible verse. Some of the boys answered with Jesus well. <laughs> what was your what was, what was your go to? What was my go to? Yeah. Oh, John three sixteen. Say that one, yeah. <laughs> But I did have a few more. <laughs> gotcha. The U.S. was already in a Great Depression when World War II started in Europe in 1939. Peacetime draft started here in 1940. The Selected Service Act requested all men ages 21 and 45 be registered, which would have been Papa. Then in 1941, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and President Franklin D. Roosevelt declared war on Japan. So what was that like? You're you're only you're you're still young when this is going on cuz you were born what year? 32. 32. So you're 7, you're you're 9 years old when Japan bombs Pearl Harbor. So you're almost the exact same age I was on September 11th. I was I was 11. So what was that like as a 9-year-old and you didn't get to see it on TV, right? You just heard about it. Oh, no. Yeah, because no. you didn't have a TV. No. So what was that like? Was it scary or was it, well, you were only hearing about it so it didn't matter? Was it in the newspaper? Did you even get a newspaper? What was it like? Well, it was scary for me because I was afraid my daddy would have to go fight. Yeah. Uh, and... Did you know other people who had to go fight already who were already drafted? Yes. yes, yes, there was a lot of people that had to go. Um, we listened to, the only way we knew what was going on was the radio. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think, we didn't get a newspaper then. And uh, every night at, oh, I don't know what time it was, six or seven o'clock, 
everybody gathered around the radio. Listen to Gabriel Heater? Yes. So you have written here. Who's Gabriel Heater and why was that the best news source? Well. And who is that? Well, he would be like. Uh, Tom Brokaw? Yes, like Tom Brokaw. Yeah. And I can't think of the men before him, but anyway, yes. So yes. he was the one everyone trusted. Yes. Gotcha. And and he told you the facts. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't didn't say, "Well, I think so and so," or or so and so said. He says, "This is what happened." Gotcha. Yeah, I, I know that name, of course, just from yes. knowing the name and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it said, everyone gathered around the battery-powered radio to hear the war news reported by our best news source, reporter Gabriel Heater. We were not allowed to have the radio on during the day in order to save battery for the 6 o'clock news. Yes. it's Now, that was especially at my granddaddy's house. Mm-hmm. He he didn't... Uh, grand, my papa quit. Yeah. Yes. When that battery started getting weak, we... Couldn't listen to the radio. At all? <laughs> no. Uh, what would you listen to on the radio? Would you listen to the Grand Ole Opry? Was that yeah, one? the Grand Ole Opry, yeah. mostly. And the local station, yeah. WNGO. WNGO? Is that still? It's, it's, yeah, that's AM station, isn't it? WN, they all would have been AM. Yeah, right? we had... Yeah, yeah we had... Yeah. Uh, it's like 1040, I think, or something. I don't know. All right. Just a couple of months before the war ended, Daddy's name was near the top of the list to be drafted. Thus far, he had exempted. He had been exempted because he was managing a dairy farm, milking several cows, and bottling the milk and cream for commercial use. So his job was essential, I guess you yes. would say, kind of. Okay. He also delivered milk to the close to the close neighbors in the area. The owner of the farm was not engaged in the operation, so he was drafted and served in New Guinea. His own letters to the mosquitoes were big enough to bite through their through their, their shoe soles. And that was the owner of the farm? Yes, that was gotcha. Rob, Rob Prier. Besides farming, my dad worked for the WPA, uh, Work Project Administration, created by President FDR during the Great Depression. Also worked at the Pet Milk Company, and constructed construction working building houses. So he just did all kinds of jobs, right? Yes. He told about working for 50 cents a day when he was first married. During the 1937 flood in Paducah, he was one of the volunteers along with the military who helped with the evacuation. History says 30,000 were rescued. And this is paintings on the flood wall all about. Um, do you remember that at all or just him telling the stories? I remember some of it because Daddy was gone a lot. Yeah. Yes. Mama, along with many women, went to work for the first time away from her home at the Viola Ammunition Plant. So she was making ammunition for the war? They they made shells. Wow. As many women did to replace the men gone to war. A few years after the war ended... She worked at Merritt Clothing Company that made men's suits and overcoats until retirement. And that's the building that stood in Mayfield. And still there. Yeah. Damaged from the tornado, but it's still there. Red building, correct? Yes. Before we were old enough to stay by ourselves, my brother JB and I stayed with Daddy, following him as he worked in the fields. We enjoyed this so much, helping pile small limbs and brush on a plant bed for tobacco plants. 
Daddy made work fun for us, identifying bird calls and telling the names of trees. I have walked barefoot behind a one-horse plow while he broke the ground. The cool earth felt good to bare feet on a hot day. Sometimes there would be a snake turned up, but didn't happen for me. I don't remember just when Daddy purchased our first car, but I know it was a T-model Ford that was started with a crank. And I know you crank the front of it. You know. Did I always heard when people first started driving these, uh, they would like yell, whoa, to try to slow it down. Did you ever <laughs> see them do that or like giddy up to make it go faster? <laughs> no. It's really funny. Uh, there's yeah. a neat little video of a man doing that. Later, we had a Model A that he drove for several years. So what was it like the first time you ever got into a car and rode in it? Do you remember that? Or do you remember him coming home with it? I don't. Oh, no. I don't remember that, honey. Of course, Mama learned to drive, too. She borrowed a model. A mo, a, borrowed a model with a rumble seat. What's a rumble seat? Where the trunk is. Okay. There was a handle on it. You pulled it down, and there was the seat in the back. Gotcha. To visit family member, and I had a fun time riding in the rumble seat with my Aunt Hazel. And those were the early years, so we're going to take a quick pause for a minute. And when we come back, we will do the teenage years and start with the adult years and see how far we get. Okay. So that concludes part one. Uh, our next episode, uh, part two, is her teenage years and marriage years. Uh, we're going to hear about what high school was like for my grandmother. Uh, she got to witness a state championship in basketball, KHSAA state championship. And uh, hear the story about her and my granddad's first date uh, and eventually eloping and getting married. Um, she got to see Elvis and Charlie Pride in concert hear about life during segregation and uh, my granddad's service in the war. So part two uh, is very, uh, picks up where part one is kind of a little slow building up uh, the background of her life. Part two really picks up and uh, gets to some really neat stories.